With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back on the Rob Dibble Show with Ben Darnell on your afternoon drive. We are lucky to have two former UConn greats sitting here. We're going to get a mic for one of them, but Donnie Marshall is sitting with us and the lovely Ashley Battle. Hello. Uh, Donnie played, but Ashley did not, and I'm kind of disappointed that she didn't play. Why didn't you play in the foundation tournament today? Um, you know, I'm not feeling the best. Really? Yeah. I have a torn meniscus and a bad back. I'm way older than you, and I played. Not not good, though, I might add. I have it was a bad awful. back. My knees are pretty good, but I just have a cold. Okay. Oh, sounds like an excuse. You still look great, though. That's the problem. <laughs> if, you look, if you look sickly, I would, I would give you the, the excuse there, but you don't look bad. Oh, you look I great. slept 11 hours yesterday. Slept too much. That's the new no, one. I didn't sleep enough. I'm still sleeping. Not sleeping enough on 11. I'm still sleeping. <laughs> so, Donnie, how are you? How did you, how'd you shoot? I just want to say there were a lot of excuses out there. I, that, the cold one, I didn't hear today. No. Because <laughs> I'm the only one who has a cold. <laughs> right. There are a lot of balls in the woods for guys. Okay, that's me. Yeah. No excuses, though, but it was great. We had a great day. I played with the, the Foxwoods guys, and uh, I joked with them that they obviously, because we were – 17 under they obviously have not been in the office working maybe they're maybe they're working remotely from the golf course but there were a lot of made putts and a lot of great shots today with my guys they just know the course really there you well. go there you go yeah. yeah uh so what do you guys think about the olympics that just happened talk men and women talk about the men first um are, is the rest of the world catching up to us donnie marsh i would say yes and i i think that's a good thing I, you know, David Stern started it. He wanted to make the game global. And now Adam Silver has continued to take the baton. And I think that's what you want. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and say, listen, no one's ever going to be as good. as." And maybe that's true. But the fact that these games were closer, it, the fact that you saw a lot of NBA players from other countries right, playing right. for their oh, country yeah. tells you the story that, yes, they, 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 everyone else in the world is catching up, and I think that's a great thing for the game of basketball. I, I was always taught to respect the game of basketball, whatever, and you have to kind of figure out what that means for you. And I think a part of respecting the game is, to, is, is allowing everyone to, to feel what we have felt for so long with American basketball, and I think that's happening. Ashley, where is women's basketball the best that's not the United States? Hmm. Australia's got some players. That's, Austra- did you watch Australia- Japan and China? That was impressive. Oh, my goodness. The Japanese women, they literally shoot from their chest, but they're money in the bank. They are money. I mean, they. I've been to Tokyo and watched them play, and they shoot the ball. They shoot lights out. But to answer your question, so there's different leagues all over the world, similarly to the men's side. Russia has a really good league where a lot of the top talent from all over the world goes over there and plays. Turkey also has a really good league. The Spanish league is really good. Uh, but the players, the national players, don't necessarily stay in their country to play in their league. So the Australian team, although very talented, most of them are traveling to different countries to play. What about the Commissioner's Cup? Would you have liked to have played for half a million dollars? Uh, yeah. 
how about that? <laughs> well, a quick 30K for each player. And why Brian like, Stewart got win everything? I was, li- I was literally, I mean, literally Stewie went on a, she went on a tear. If she didn't get it hurt, she probably would have went two years straight winning like right. MVP, finals MVP, WNBA, all-star MVP. Uh, winning a championship, winning the Olympics, getting MVP of the Olympics, winning overseas, and then winning the Commissioner's Cup. Like, and by the way, became a mom today. And by the way, became a mom. <laughs> Doesn't it make you proud, though? You know, we're here in Connecticut. We know what women's basketball means to our state. And to see every time someone subbed in, it's a, it's a former UConn. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just makes you. Well, just, but how bitter was everybody else? <laughs> oh, well, hey, listen, we're used <laughs> to that. There's right? too, so too many UConn people on the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh wait a second, no Don idea. Staley's the head coach. No. It's not, you know, you know, Gino's not there. It reminds me of this story. So we're, we're there's an event, and long story short, Michael Jordan, he's, Scott Burrell was teammates, and everyone, right, you know, right. we've all seen the, 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 the show, but. Michael Jordan, he was. In, Scott said, "Oh, this is my buddy. You know, I know Michael, but other guys who Michael didn't know said, oh, you went to UConn too, huh?'" And so we're like, "Yeah, you know, we were, we were rolling deep. This was years ago." And and MJ says, "Oh, UConn." He's like, "That's the place where men are men and women are champions, right?" <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, oh. I got a text during the Olympics saying. The women are still champions in Connecticut. I yeah. see. I'm like, man. But it's but we, you take pride right. in that, yeah. you know. There no, was a absolutely. time where they were like the women could beat the men, and I was like, maybe. I think God will never know. Right. <laughs> we'll never have that game. But it does make you proud. I think when you get older and you you have kids and daughters, especially I me, mean, I have three daughters. It's it's no longer a listen men's basketball or it's it's a family, you know. It's, right. It's, so you, you just have this. Even if we're not, right. I don't have a gold medal. When I see Sue and Diana and, and Stu, when I see them winning, it's like you're man. part of it. Yeah. yeah, you're part of it. You're part of the foundation. Absolutely. The one thing that I really love about UConn is that it's intergenerational. You know, like I wasn't at school when Donnie was there, but yet we're great friends. Yep. You know, and it's, I mean, it's like that on the men's side and the women's side. We just, whenever you see someone, it's just love. It's just love and family. You're just like, oh, my goodness, it's so great to see you. We haven't seen each other in a long time. It's just that camaraderie, that family atmosphere. And surprisingly, not many other schools are like that. Just because Gino and Jim don't see eye to eye doesn't mean we don't have to. That's a whole other show, <laughs> folks. Yeah, that's a whole so later. other show, man. <laughs> one thing is going to be completely, That's an intervention, Jim. One, one thing that will be completely different this year for not just UConn, but everyone in basketball, everyone in college sports, is name, image, and likeness. When this dropped, I'll start with Donnie and let you think about it, Ashley, because I know the, the women's side, I think, is going to be a, a whole new ball game. And for the men's side, I feel like they've been playing this game but in the shadows and behind closed doors. When it, I, I know we this could be a whole other show, yeah, yeah. too. Uh, benefits or things that could hurt the game? How do you feel about it? The obvious benefits are these players have an opportunity to do what we never did. When you go into a bookstore and they're selling number 33s, there's none left. And they tell you, oh, it's not yours because your name's not on the back yeah, of it. Yeah, right. No one knows who 33 yeah. is. No one Double knows. zero next to 33, and you tell me at the end of the season which right. one sold more. So you're getting these, – these players are getting a chance to make some, some money. Uh, I will say as a side note, the thing that they have to figure out is the NCAA is making billions of dollars off these athletes still. So they're saying, look, Donnie – 
you go make money. We, we're all for that. Just don't look in my pocket. Don't look in my wallet. Right. So I think they have to address that still. They're allowing players to make money, but they're still making money off of those players. If Donnie Marshall signs a deal with Dibble Incorporated and he's paying me $200,000 to play, people are going to tune in. They're going to buy tickets to watch me play and see how good is this kid if he's making that much money. Right. The NCAA is still making money off of that because they're they're, yeah. they're reaping the benefits of those ticket sales and those 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 ratings. But you know the the other side of it, I think, is now when we get into a game, and I'm look I don't want to be Debbie Downer when I'm averaging twenty, you're averaging ten. Why would you pass me the ball because you want to average twenty because you want to make the deal I'm making? So that's an issue I agree. that I think a lot yeah. of coaches are going to have to address. Yeah. Kids are making just realistically a hundred grand, three hundred grand practices at eight AM. Well, I'll be there at eight oh five. So these are issues that I think when we hear NIL, we, we we haven't really talked about. And maybe it's something that has to be an organic thing with the coaches to now deal with those manage those personalities and those side deals, those side because it really is a side hustle for players at this point. Now coaches are going to have to manage that. And I know they're doing a good job of hiring companies to say, okay, this isn't impeding on the deal that we have as a university, so we're okay with this. But when it gets to a point when a parent says, this is a big deal for our family, and the school says, yeah, but I don't know if that works with our university. Now you have that issue. But the coaches, I think, are the ones who you thought their job was hard before. Oh, yeah. Their job is only getting going to get harder because of this. When I used to see 15 jerseys, I wanted to buy them because I thought they were Gabby Williams jerseys. And then I found out they were Kemba jerseys, and I didn't want them anymore. <laughs> Girls, yeah, the look on the front, on the logo's the, different. Is, oh, that's right. Well, it was men, so I was upset about it. But I always thought that, man, you throw a Paige Becker's jersey out there at the XL Center, those yeah. things are going to sell out before oh, the absolutely. game's over. So how, She how, trademarked it. How Paige buckets? Yeah, Paige yeah, buckets. she already did. Oh. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Ashley, as far as name, image, and likeness, and how it could affect the women's game? I think for UConn, I mean, if they would have had this when we were playing, how much money would you be making? <laughs> I think it would have made a decent amount. Of I think money, it would have. I think like someone like Diana or Stewie. Right. I mean, that's and they and they're doing very well for themselves right now. But this was like a game changer back then. You know, I mean, they're, they probably would have missed out on millions of dollars. But not only personally, like, I think if you have a bunch of Gabby Williams jerseys or Paige Becker's jerseys running around town and you see them and little girls see them, right. like, that's the ancillary it's, value is huge for that. It's unreal. You know, hold on one second. I'm about to go curse somebody out real fast because they're being loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We don't. We don't. We, hey, we don't mind. Yeah. See, you we, guys. We, hey, this we, is why women are stronger than us, man. Yeah. Because I'd be in a fist fight if I was over there. But they're going to respect <laughs> my girl over here. I love it. Hey. All right, Ashley okay, is done, and she I moved everybody it. out of the Verdanda. Okay, finish your thought. Okay, now I'm back. Now I can hear you. Now I can hear you before because we had a little some turbulence in the back. Um, but as far as the women's concerned, I think it's great. You know, I think Donnie did a really great job of explaining how this can impact, you know, people's lives. I mean, we have a lot of athletes that are coming from, you know, not ver- from low to moderate income families. And this is really a game changer where you can now go and afford to buy things that you may not have been able to afford before. And I'm not even talking about a car or something like that. I'm talking about the basics. An extra hamburger <laughs> extra at night. Extra hamburger. I'm getting right, a yeah. meal where things where... 
if a donor would give you a meal, that's a violation. Right. Now you can actually afford yourself to go and to afford these liberties where before, I don't know if that would have been able to happen or you have to look over your shoulder all the time. And some of those rules are just ludicrous to begin with. But now, you know, you can say, all right, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, if I want a, a steak tonight, I can afford to get a steak tonight. Right. Yeah, and if you want to fly mom and dad in to see you play, I mean, right. that oh, always sickened me. It was, you know, they right. can't stay, you know, they can't fly. It's like, are you crazy? I mean, right. this kid's bringing the university and the NCAA millions of dollars, and you can't spend 1500 bucks on this kid's family? Right. I mean, it's just, and, and some of them are coming far away, like Africa and other places where they never see their kids. I mean, just speaking of myself, you know, when we would go to the, and we played in a ton of games, was always in the Final Four, always playing, and and looking back, and I'm like, I don't know how my family did it. I don't know how they were able to afford to come to the regionals, to come to games no, travel. At, in, Hart, uh, in Hartford, in stores, and then also make it to the Final Four. And, like, it's not like that's cheap to do. And my mom and my two aunts were there religiously. You know, and in retrospect, looking back, and now you have, like, a more of a understanding of what things cost and, and like, hey, you know, not just say, oh, why can't you come? You know what I mean? Right. But now looking back, I'm like, I don't know. How you, how'd you guys do that? I will say, being a Seattle kid, my mom probably made it out four times in four years just because it wasn't right. in the cards. You know, That's financially, right. how, how could we do that flying 3,000 miles away? Get her here. Where does she stay? So you're right. right. That's that's a huge part of it. And, and the other part of that is the mental health side of it mm-hmm. to allow kids to have. Not all kids are going to adapt, especially the kids who are from further away. Now this gives them an opportunity financially to get their that comfort zone around them, something that they're used to, right. to be able to say, all right, look, you dipped in a class, but mama's here. Right. You know, pops is right. here to now see you through that, and we can afford that. There's that, that, that strain isn't there either. Even to let an athlete purchase a ticket and go home for a yeah, week, right. for a week yeah, and even right. have off. I mean, there was – I wasn't able to go home on a weekend like that. You know, I, A, I didn't have a car. B, I didn't have the money to just get a ticket and go home. Right. You know, but now you're like, you know what, I'm kind of stressed out. Things are kind of going bad. We're off this weekend. I'm going to go home and see the family for a little bit where, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Very stressful. And and I've talked about it for years. You know, a, a coach can meet, make three, four, five million, like $10 million, and then switch jobs. And then if I went to that university, I can't leave. You know, my thing is still the, the leaving and having to sit out a year. Yeah. You're in your prime, you know, 18 to 22 years old. I mean, are you kidding me? You have to sit out a year. So there's a lot we've talked about the NCAA needs to change. And, and they need more powerful people, too, to be, listen, these kids deserve more. You know, and how do we figure it out? That's not up to us. You know, that's not up to you guys. It's up to these people that are running this billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar corporation that was supposed to be a nonprofit organization to protect the kids. It's it's far beyond that at this point. And transparency, I think, is, is the first key with the NCAA and these universities. Okay, the NCAA brings – they bring down a ruling, but let's, let's kind of talk about this. Let's communicate this with whoever it is, the ADs. Whoever it might be, the presidents of these universities, it really has never been like that. And I think this helps. The NIL helps to be able to open up more lines of, of that communication. And I think the NCAA is aware, even with the the new organization, the OTE, with the 16 to 18-year-olds that Kevin Ollie is now a part of, yep. they're getting paid. Their minimums are hundred grand. Some right. of those kids yeah. are making half a million dollars. So now it puts a little bit more stress 
on the NCA to say, okay, are we treating these kids like they should be treated? And are we giving them all the things that they need, the tools that they really, because they say they want to give us those tools to be successful. Those outliers, I will call it, the NIL, the OTE, that that puts a little bit of, I think, a a good pressure on the NCAA. It's not forcing their hand. It's making them kind of open their minds a little bit to really focus on what's important for these NCAA athletes. It's definitely going to force their hand eventually because a lot of the top athletes aren't going to go play in the NCAA. They're going to go where they're going to get paid and know within a year I can be, I could get drafted. Right. You know, so and then it's going to water down. Eventually, the it's going to water down the NCAA competition, and it, it's it's going to be interesting to see in a couple of years to see how the NCAA combats what's happening, um, the other outliers. But I'm all for it. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see what happens and all the dominoes to fall into place. Uh, for today, uh, we are out here for to get people on the basketball court that may not have the means or the abilities to get on basketball courts. Uh, this past year, all the rims that I walk by have been taken off because of the pandemic. So there's like a small taste of it, but I would have no idea what it'd be like to be in a wheelchair and try to get in on a pickup game. Talk about today, uh, Ryan Martin, and, and the reason why you guys are here today. I've been a part of the Talent Fund for 20 years, and we've, you know, we don't just obviously limit it to, to basketball. We have done some great things for all athletes who are don't have the ability either. they have a disability uh one of my close teammates uh in college steve Imps, he got into an accident he's paralyzed he decided he wanted to be a, a racer so he was going to be a wheelchair racer and we this is an opportunity for him we raised money we we purchased an eleven thousand dollar chair for him to compete he did that now that's helped him move on to now he's a Paralympian in curling. Yeah, we've had him on many times. So Steve was my teammate in college. This guy was 6'4", 250. Yeah. And to see a guy kind of reinvent himself and not – Again, it's it's. I, I can't imagine what he has gone through. Well, yeah, I know Steve very well. We've talked, but inside, we we don't really know what it's like to be this strong, powerful athlete, and then to feel like well, now I have this disability. What do I do to have an organization like this to be able to help you? Uh, it's it's huge. You know, we always hear about oh, the money goes to this and that. To actually have something that's tangible and to feel and to see. To be able to present something through an organization like this, I, I'm so proud of. And uh, it, all these people out here understand. We had 180 players today. Yeah. Yep. It, it, in a time where we're coming out of a pandemic, some people are still a little leery to be outside with people. So to see that support, it's to me, it's just it's gotten bigger and bigger over the 20 years that I've been a part of it. Right. No, one of my co-hosts years ago was Amy Van Dyken, six-time gold medalist. She's now in a wheelchair. She broke her back in an ATV accident. She was just out here um, calling the Olympics in Stamford, Connecticut. And, you know, talking to her, just getting wheelchairs for even kids, it's like $30,000 for just a normal wheelchair for them to get around, go to school, things like that. So I, I never realized how expensive even being in a wheelchair or some of that stuff and the costs are, are exorbitant so this foundation is just fantastic absolutely and ryan is just the best he is i've I've known ryan for a few years actually i'm going to tell you the story how ryan and i met um we met in spain actually and so we're both he's playing wheelchair basketball in spain and i'm playing women's basketball in spain and we meet in a club 
called Serrano Corrente Uno in Madrid. And we're just, you know, talking. He's like, hey, I, like, run this organization. You should be a part of it. Come to find out when we move back to the States, we live, like, a town over from one another. Unreal. <laughs> and, and, you know, just remain to stay in contact. And we talk pretty much every day. And I flew in early to be a part of this day and part of this event. Um, so I'm really happy to be here and to be a part of this organization. That helps so many people. Um, in so many different ways, and, I, and I, I challenge anybody to get out there and play wheelchair basketball. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's very difficult. They will try to take your fingers off. Um, yes, you, very, it's very physical in that capacity. Be wary of your fingers because they will try to take them off. I, I've done – so Ryan has helped me with my basketball camps in the past. We did a clinic yesterday. Ashley was mm -hmm. there. She spoke to our kids. and So the, the first time I met Ryan was, was through one of my camps and, you know, a mutual friend. And so we get done, we're at the end of the camp, and and the point of the story is that he doesn't want you to feel sorry for him, and he is one of the most confident people I've ever met. Right. So when you see someone and you think, ah, think twice. So he says, you want to play horse? I'm like, yeah, let's play horse. So I'm thinking he's going to say, you know, no, you can't shoot threes because, you know, you got to use your legs, and it's, you know, a lot of – so he says, with, with a straight face to me, he says – Playing horse in front of all 150 campers says no dunking. Now, I'm like, <laughs> I love this dude. It was the, really the first experience I had with him, but with a straight face. Now I'm like, do I laugh? Do I'm Yo, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. This dude, now so look, funny. I'm not going to tell you how it ended. I'll let Ryan tell you the story. But I felt like I was in a lose-lose. I can't dunk. <laughs> I, I, I'm 6'7", but we've created this relationship, man, that it really has. When you, when you step back and you start to put yourself in someone else's position, you realize that it's not about feeling sorry. Yep. It's not about this dude is one of the most confident right. people I've ever met. And, and really, my go-to guy when I'm trying to formulate something for relationships overseas, mm -hmm. he knows everyone. Everybody. Uh, he's he was a phenomenal player, and and even Ryan will tell you he wasn't the best player on any of his teams, but had a wonderful career, and it's one of the the better basketball relationships that I've I've ever made with Ryan Martin. Even yesterday, it was a funny story. So we're finishing up the camp, and there was like a slight hill increase on the hill going up to where my bags were, and we're walking up the hill, but we're going pretty slow, and I feel like he's struggling. And so I'm like, hey, do you want me to, like, push you up the hill? And he's like, no, I'm going this slow because you're walking slow. And I was like. <laughs> That's him. Nutshell. I was like, I do walk slow. Uh, <laughs> well, we will talk to Ryan and his kids uh, coming up here in just a minute. Ashley, Donnie, thank you so much for coming out with us Thanks, today. Guys. Thank of you course, for all the work you do with the Talon Foundation. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.